Well, welcome to the Hacker Podcast. This is a bit of a informal discussion that uh, we're going to be wanting to be doing probably about once a month with myself and Mike Hackathon, my brother, the other part of the Hacker blog, the Hacker webs- website. And we're going to be just discussing different topics, things that we thought would be interesting or that people might find value in. In the future, it could be a discussion topics based on questions that any of you might have. So we would open this up and give you guys the opportunity to send in a question that we might be able to discuss or uh, a topic that you guys think that would be interesting. So yeah, a bit more informal. We're just going to have a bit of a discussion here today. And yeah, so welcome, Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Uh, Glad to be part of another podcast. Glad I didn't uh, run myself off the first time. You almost did, but we're related. So I decided that, you know, we should keep this going. Yeah, I mean, and there's probably also the grace and mercy aspect of it. Kind of maybe part of being a Christian, you know. Put up with that a little bit. Hey, yeah, I know you're self-deprecating, but we did get some good feedback. People really enjoyed getting to know more about you and, and some of your background. Good, good. Yeah, I I, I think that it's, I, I really enjoyed doing that, and I hope it helps someone. I, I really do. I hope it uh, blesses someone and helps them in their walk with God. And hopefully these discussions over time will also help people. Uh, we'll be talking about different issues that you and I might have a bit of insight on or, you know, offer a different perspective to. They're not just hearing my voice, but they're hearing yours as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the more people you can get talking about a subject, the the better it is because you get more opinions and you get more experience. So, you know, my experience is not your experience, your experience is not my experience. So the more experience we can get and the more we can talk about these things, the more we can, it can be beneficial and help other people. And hopefully they don't make the mistakes that we have made. uh, Or if they do, they can learn from that as well. Yeah, true. Very true. At the end, we'll be briefly discussing what we're going to be talking about on the blog, what we're going to be writing about over the next month or so. Yeah. Mike's fired up. He's, he's ready to dive into the minor profits. (laughs) Hey, so much good stuff in there. So much good stuff in there. So we might blitz through these discussion points just so he can get to uh, what he really wants to talk about. That and the Chiefs. We can talk about that as well. (laughs) Maybe throw Tiger Woods in there a little bit too. People are going to get tired of that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about is just three things, and then we'll be talking about the the Hacker blog. But the uh, first thing that we were going to have a look at is why we need vision, why we need vision as individuals, why we need vision as a church. This was a discussion point that you submitted, so I'll uh, let you start off with that, and then we could uh, chat back and forth. So why why is it that we need vision as an individual or as a church? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. Luckily for you, I do have an answer. But... No, I think the importance of vision is just found in the aspect that that's the way, if you look at anybody, even just in the secular sense, not even not even a religious or Christian sense, 
say, even in the secular sense, if you interview anyone who has ever accomplished anything or done anything, it starts with a vision where it starts. It starts with a dream. And, and from that dream, it expands into a vision. I, I don't relate a dream and a vision as the same thing. A dream is kind of a pie in the sky idea that uh, hopefully one day you can accomplish. But a vision is more uh, looking at something that, that you can actually accomplish. You have a plan in place. For, for me, there is no success in ministry without planning, without preparation. Any any success I've ever seen in, in ministry has taken place because of planning or preparation. Even in times where God has taken over, uh, times when I've preached and God has kind of taken over, it was because I was prepared. It was because I, I went into that meeting with, with my mind, focused on a vision, focused on purpose and on a result. And if, if, if you're going to do anything for God, it's going to require you to have vision. It's going to require you to not only have this pie in the sky idea, but also to have a plan in place and to have preparation in place. And I, I, I think that that's, that that's even important in your personal walk with God. I, I don't think that, that anybody who has a close walk with God gets a close walk with God by accident. They get it because they plan and they prepare. They, they have a close relationship with God because they make the effort. They have the vision. They see why it's important. And, and the, the, the biggest thing with vision is the why, understanding mm. why it's important. Not just that it's important, but understanding why it's important. Mm, very true. Yeah, because, I mean, you need to know why you have a vision for something. When you, yeah. Yeah, when you find your why, it's a lot easier for you to then just create that vision, work into it, and develop what it is that you're wanting to do. Like, for example, starting uh, this podcast, you know, I had a vision in mind and what I wanted to do, wanted to get you involved, wanted to interview different leaders within the church, showing people their backgrounds, their backstories, but then also help the church in a meaningful way through what I've learned over the years through about systems, um, different things that I've learned serving in ministry, yeah. serving as an administrator of a church. And that's the why. The why is to help. The why is to minister, to be a, a blessing to the church. And and then once you have that, then you can start putting things in place. But vision is vision is so key to anything that you do. Even as an individual, you need to have a vision for, for what you want to do in your life, or else you're just going to wander around aimlessly accomplishing nothing. Yeah, I mean, even when you look at the life of Jesus, you know, there's so many examples, but from the life of Jesus, and in, in, in particular, Jesus had a plan in place. There was no randomness with Jesus. There was nothing that caught him off guard. I can reference John chapter four, the woman at the well. That was a planned meeting. That was something Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. He hmm. had a plan plan to go through Samaria because he understood that there was going to be a woman at a well who was going to need what he what what he would teach her and then that woman would go back to Samaria and would start spreading the word and I am convinced that that is is kind of what led into the Acts chapter 8 revival in Samaria just it could have very well just started from what that woman learned that day from Jesus, and all because Jesus had the vision, he had the preparation, he had the mindset that he had to go through Samaria. And he, he 
understood the plan. He understood the purpose of God. And so easy for us to look at it and say, well, Jesus was God in the flesh. Of course he was God in the flesh. But he was also a man who had to submit himself to the will and to the purpose of God. And without a vision, he would not have been able to do that. But one of the other things I, I would say is his plan that he had with the disciples. He picked out 12 guys. And, and we all know from the script that Jesus had more than 12 disciples. We kind of get this picture that Jesus only had 12 disciples, but that's not true. Uh, Jesus had many disciples. Right. But he picked 12 because he had a specific plan and purpose in place. Those 12 were going to be the cornerstone for what he was going to try to do with revival in Israel and revival beyond. That the, Those 12 represented the 12 tribes of Israel. None of this, none of this stuff happened on accident, I, mm. I guess is my point. Jesus had a specific purpose and plan in place, and he had the vision to carry it out. Yeah, so we need to make sure that we have it. That's really good stuff, especially the uh, 12 disciples. There was a vision there. Also, when he was training people, you know, we can, yeah. we can go many different directions here, but when yeah. he was training people, he sent out the 70, he sent them out in pairs made Perfect. sure um, that there was a plan in place. There's a process in place. Don't do ministry by yourself. You know, yes. sending people out together with others. Also, you know, you can see where the Apostle Paul had a plan when he was evangelizing and traveling around. He wasn't just Absolutely. going from place to place for no reason, but there was a purpose. There was a vision there. I want, you know, we want to reach this city. We want to go there. We want to spread the gospel here. Uh, even down to the writing of his letters, he wrote the letters that he wrote um, to the churches that he wrote for a reason. There was yeah. a vision that he had. Even while he was in prison, even while he felt captive, hello, those of us who are in lockdown, he still <laughs> had the vision. He still had the drive, the passion to continue to spread the gospel and invest into others. Why was that? Because he had a vision for his life. Yeah, and, and we know we know he had a vision in writing those letters because he had a specific goal in mind for the church. The whole reason he wrote 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians was because the church at Corinth was not the church that they were supposed to be. And I think you could say that about all of his letters. The reason he wrote his letters was because the church was not up to the vision, up to par to what Paul felt that a Christian church should be. And because he had that vision, because he had that plan in place, he was able to say, hey, you're not fulfilling this. You're not, you're not, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And because he had a vision in place, because he had a plan in place, he was able to instruct these churches in what they needed to do differently. But that doesn't happen without vision. If if Paul was just randomly, if 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 Christianity was just random and you could live however you wanted then Paul would have had no reason to write those letters. But he wrote those letters because there is a vision. There is an ideal for what a Christian should be. And I, this, this is uh, one of my soapbox topics. So if I, if I uh, go over or whatever, just push me off the soapbox, cut me off or whatever. But there is an ideal for the way that a Christian should live. It's not random. It's not, it, it's, it's not something that just happens by accident. If you are going to be the Christian that Jesus Christ wants you to be and be the the, the uh, member of the family of God, a member of the kingdom of God that you need to be, that doesn't happen by accident. It happens through planning. It happens through preparation. 
It happens through having a vision and seeing exactly where God wants you to be. Yeah, and that's not just a personal vision, but that also that process also relies on leadership having a vision for yes. each individual. And that's kind of what I've been talking about through these posts and, and episodes on systems is that we make sure yeah. that we have a a plan in place for people when they come to church or when they visit our church, when they become members of our church, that we have a plan in place for them. We have a vision for each person where they can be used in the kingdom of God then to fulfill the vision of the church. It's so good. And we could spend yeah. a lot of time on that, but um, yeah. we don't want to waste people's time. Also, we want to make sure that you have enough time to talk about the minor prophets there at the end. Yes. Uh, so the My second true passion. <laughs> so the second thing that we were looking at, we were talking about why we need vision. Another thing that we want to discuss was the importance of discipline. And this is something that's uh, really uh, cropped up for me. Yeah. Well, for me personally, over the last uh, year and a half or a bit, and so establishing disciplines within my life, I, you know, I've always had discipline to some degree. I, right now I'm talking about personal discipline, not necessarily in a, in a spiritual sense, but personal discipline bleeds into your spiritual yeah. walk. If you have personal yeah. discipline, it will help you to establish those spiritual disciplines. And so I, I follow this guy, Jocko uh, Wilnick. He, uh, he's a ex Navy SEAL and, uh, yeah, he, he's awesome. Guy. He's a beast. He, and, and uh, I follow a lot of, you know, what he talks about when it comes to discipline and that sort of stuff. And one of his, uh, famous phrases is discipline equals freedom. The disciplined life will lead you to a free life. And yeah. it's so true. It applies in every area. He, he doesn't talk about spiritual things, but obviously on this podcast, we're not necessarily uh, so concerned with the physical aspect of discipline, though that is important. We should be disciplined in, in our physical habits, you know, in, in exercising and eating right and doing these sorts of things so we can be most effective in the kingdom. We're healthy and able to help in the best that, way that we can in the kingdom of God. We're not talking so much about that, but we're talking more about spiritual disciplines. And it's so important to have that disciplined life. It sets the foundation yeah. for what you're going to do. Yeah, I, I, I think, in my opinion, they're connected. And the reason you're, why... You're talking I, about vision and discipline are connected? Yeah, but also personal discipline, physical discipline, and spiritual discipline. Okay, gotcha. And, and the reason why I believe that is because Paul says, I discipline my body and I bring it under, unto subjection, under subjection. So, uh, you know, there's various thoughts on what he meant there. Some people think he meant uh, exercise, he meant eating, you know, how he ate and stuff like that. And I think those apply. So but I think are you really... Saying, are you saying Paul was a vegan? Yeah, yeah. Paul was definitely a vegan. <laughs> I will disobey him in that. In that. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I hope not. But yeah. I mean, I'm, my vision of Paul is just crumbling before my before your eyes. Is it now? Uh, but but I, I think to to a degree, when he says that, if you pay attention to Paul's letters, Paul seems to focus on the flesh quite a bit and bringing the flesh into subjection, and and that is a spiritual thing. We understand that that's a spiritual thing. But the reason why I say they're connected is because if I have if I already have personal 
physical disciplines in my life, it becomes much easier for me to have spiritual disciplines in my life. If I understand that I should not eat an entire pizza in one setting, then unless it's a Totino's pizza, that's a little <laughs> bit different. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Listen, I'm not gonna make anybody feel guilty for that. Okay? <laughs> or uh, pizza, but anyway, pizza mia. <laughs> yeah, pizza mia, yeah, or Totino's pizza rolls or something. <laughs> uh, but if, if you're eating an entire, if if you can discipline your body in that way, it becomes easier to to discipline it in spiritual ways. So the the, the two are connected in the sense that if you just have an overall sense of discipline in your life, it, it will naturally bleed over to the spiritual realm. If you, if you naturally bring your body into subjection physically, then it will be much easier to do so spiritually. And, and the reason why I say that is because I am convinced, and this may rock the boat just a little bit, but I am convinced oh, no. that your biggest yeah, here we go. May not be back next for the next conversation, so I got to get all this out there. Plus the minor profits plug at the end. Uh, so the the reason why, uh, but but what I want to say is, I believe the number one enemy that we face in our lives is not the devil, but it's actually your flesh. If you pay attention, when 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 the devil tempted Jesus, what did he go after? He went after his flesh all three times. He went after his flesh. He went after him with food. He went after him to, to receive glory and praise and honor from men. And he went after him to just tempt him to try to be Superman in, in one of, in one of <laughs> the temptations. So it, he, he, the devil has to have something to go after. And he attacks us through the flesh. That's how he attacks us. And so if you can bring, I said all of that to say this, if you can bring your flesh into subjection, then you can whoop the devil. If you can bring your flesh, both physically and spiritually, into subjection and, and establish that discipline, then the devil will have no hold on your life. And I hear people say, oh, the devil this, the devil that. The devil wouldn't have any power over you unless you allow him to. Hmm. He would not allow—he he has no power over you if, if you can subject yourself to discipline and, and learn to live. And, and part of that is prayer. Part of that is Bible reading. Part of that is fasting. Part of that is just keeping your mind right, keeping your spirit right, keeping your attitude right. Hello. Mm. That's my biggest problem is keeping my attitude right. But oh, disciplining been, your mind. I've been struggling with the attitude <laughs> deal over the last three yeah. weeks. Just let Yo, me I out of my house. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't even have that problem here. I just have a terrible attitude in general sometimes. So. <laughs> Uh, this is just real talk, right? No, right. but anyway. Uh, so if you can if you can discipline yourself in those areas, bring your mind and, and everything else into subjection, then you can win any battle that you face, and you can whoop the devil. Amen. That's yeah, it's good stuff. That the that discipline um, tends to work both ways. It it's rare, and it happens. It's, it's it definitely does happen. But it is rare to see people who are spiritually disciplined, but then not disciplined in 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 other areas. Yeah. Uh, like I said, yeah. it it's somewhat rare, but obviously it does happen. We see, yeah, you know, yeah, we sure. see uh, men and women of God who, you know, might struggle in certain areas when it comes to discipline. <laughs> I don't want to uh, throw yeah. too much shade, but we we'll, could be talking we'll about. Stay there. Yeah, we'll we'll stop we'll there. I think people might know what I'm hinting at. 
but then they're ex- extremely disciplined when it comes to spiritual matters sure. and, and used powerfully. But we, we, we want to do both. You know, we want to, we want the best yeah, of both absolutely. worlds when it comes to that, because yeah. it's, it's uh, like I said earlier, if we're disciplined and we're healthy, that will help us in our ministry. Uh, sometimes we mm-hmm. become spiritual yeah. to the point where, where we forget that. But I mean, in order for you to minister, you have to be alive, right? Yeah. I mean, I know we all want to be with Jesus, um, but what we also... It, uh, David says the dead will not praise you or something like that. So <laughs> it's actually a very true statement. <laughs> yeah. If we want to be effective in the kingdom of God, the first thing that we need to do is be alive. <laughs> Have a heartbeat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think that's enough. I think they've, they've heard enough from, from us on that. The last thing we wanted to talk about before we get into uh, what Mike really came to talk about is gratitude or being thankful. And all, all three of these things kind of fit together. Uh, we were talking about the need for vision, personal vision, leadership vision, church vision, the importance of discipline, and then also why we need to be grateful. And again, you raised uh, that topic, so I'd like you to start that one off. So why should we be thankful? Mm. Yeah, this is this is one of the things that I another one of the things that I'm very passionate about. I say that a lot, but I'm passionate about a lot. You're a passionate uh, person. Yeah, I'm a passionate person, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, thankfulness is huge. I'm reminded of the story of Jesus healing, I think it was the ten lepers, and uh only one of them came back to actually thank him for that. And we tend to bag on the other nine lepers, but how often has that been us? Hmm. You know, how often has God done something for us? Maybe didn't heal us of leprosy, but he gave you breath. He allowed you to wake up. He gave you strength in your body. And it, what, I, what, I, what I used to teach at, at my church in Philadelphia was I, I would particularly apply this to tithing. I won't talk about tithing today, I promise. I won't talk <laughs> about giving your money at all today, I promise. But the thing is, is they go together. A thankful person is a giving person, and a giving person should be a thankful person. Uh, a, a person who has abundantly received from God should pour into other people, and most of all, should pour back into God and be thankful for what God has given to them. I become very passionate about this because I just... You know, there's so many people out there who God has blessed them in so many ways. Hmm. And I've, I've actually watched people come in, their lives are messed up, their lives are wrecked. God fills them with the spirit, starts to fix their lives, and they turn around and they leave. And they never come back. Why is that? Well, because they don't have the proper perspective. They don't have the proper thankfulness, the proper gratitude. And, and when you are a thankful person, it will change everything in your life. You'll see things from a perspective that you didn't see them from before. And, 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 and so instead of looking at trials and tribulations, which we all go through, instead of looking at those things, it's kind of like what Sister Gretch was talking about in, in the podcast the other day, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But when you when you go through trials and tribulations, and we've all been through them, your attitude and your gratitude and your thankfulness will determine how long you're in that trial, 
and it will determine what happens when you come out of that trial. And I, I, I've seen it my entire life. I've been in this thing for my entire life. And I've watched the thankful people. And the thankful people are the happiest people because they have a proper understanding. They have a proper perspective that even if I have to go through something, even if I have to face something, I know that God has already prepared the way out for me. But not only that, I also see what he's done in the past. Hmm. How many psalms, how many of the psalms were written where the psalmist would say, I reflected on your deeds that you did in the past. I, I, I was down. I was downtrodden. I was depressed. But then I, I thought about what you did in the past. And I looked at what you did in the past. And it changes your entire mood. It changes your entire perspective. When you start to realize and understand and be grateful for everything that God has done in your life. This, this life that we live doesn't belong to us. It's not ours. We don't own it. If, if we have breath in our body, it's because God put it there. If we have strength in our body, it's because God put it there. If you have money in the bank, it's because God allowed you to have that money. If you have all of these blessings, it's because God has allowed it. And it's important. It's important to give him the proper thanks and the proper appreciation that he deserves. Yeah, I agree. And it, yeah, like you said, it, it changes your perspective, it changes your attitude when you're thankful, when you're a person who appreciates all that God has done and, and what he can and will do in your life. You know, I'm reminded a bit of Anthony Trimble, who's facing you know, a really, 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 really tough battle with cancer mm -hmm. at the moment. And uh, I follow him on Instagram and just continually encouraged by his level of thankfulness, even in the trial that he's facing right now. And, and he's had that for years, mm -hmm. being someone who was still investing into the kingdom through the church, Restoration Church, but also investing through his music ministry, constantly talking about faith, um, but being grateful. And just the other day, he posted an image on his uh I think it was on his Instagram story. And, uh, you know, he said it's a uh, caption of it was, it's a great day to be alive. And it was him. And, and man, that almost brought me to tears. But it, you, yeah. when you see that, you understand what it's all about. And this is a, a man facing, you know, a really huge battle with young kids, a young family. And yet he has kept things in the right perspective. It's so easy for us to, keep things in the right perspective when things are going well. But the challenge is, yeah. the challenge is when things are not going so well. And are you going to continue to be grateful? Are you going to continue to be thankful? And, and that ties back into discipline and it ties back into vision because the way that you will accomplish the vision that you have set out for your life, and hopefully you've received that from God, it's not just something you've established just on your own. Right. But the way that you're going to accomplish that is by being thankful through the hard times. You're not always going to be succeeding. You're not always going to be thriving. Right. But there will be times of struggle. There will be times of difficulty. But if we keep the right attitude, if we may remain grateful and thankful, that will only encourage us and strengthen us uh, to do the work, do, do what is necessary to see the vision fulfilled in our lives, in our churches, in our ministry. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you said. I think that they're they're all connected. The only way you're going to get anywhere with God is to have vision. And the only way you're going to accomplish your vision is to have discipline and to be thankful. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, those if you're if you're going to be a minister of Jesus Christ, if you're going to be a servant of Jesus Christ, those are three things that you absolutely have to have. You will never accomplish anything in the kingdom of God if you don't have the proper vision, have the proper preparation, and and discipline yourself to accomplish that. And then not only that, but be thankful. Just be. It's it's such a such a big thing because I've seen it work. I've seen it work in my own life. I've seen it work in other people's lives. Just thankful for the good times, for the bad times, for the in between, for for anything, for Amen. everything. Be thankful. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what do we deserve? What do we do to deserve God's grace yeah. and His mercy? Exactly. So I mean, we exactly. we should be thankful for that. Well, uh, that's the we'll put a bow on on the discussion there on on those topics. I hope that was a, a blessing to you guys. But now comes the dessert. Now comes the exciting part of the discussion here with Mike, where he talks about what he's going to be working on over the next few weeks. I think I'm not really going to discuss what I'm going to be working on, uh, basically because I don't know yet. I'm still wrapping up the church system series that's uh, taken a lot out of me and. And getting this podcast up and running has has been a lot of work. It's it's been enjoyable work, but it has been work. So I'm still uh, praying and thinking where I'm going to be heading next on the blog. But Mike has a bunch of stuff ready to go. He he's been working on it. He's been he's been texting me, excited about some revelation that God's given him. So I'll give you the uh, floor to talk a bit about. Don't don't give too much because we want people to no, read it. But, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it too much because I. I think, you know, it, I, I want you to read it, to be honest with you. And I and there's a reason for that. I don't want you to read it so I can get clicks. I want you to read it because I feel like it could be beneficial. And, right. I mean, you know, the guy talks about. Just so the listeners know, just so the listeners know, n- nothing that we give out at the moment is monetized. Uh, we might let you know if something does get monetized. So we're not getting anything out of this outside of the fact that this is a opportunity for us to to minister and to bless others so uh, absolutely keep that in mind i guess yeah absolutely so when i when i get passionate about things that i write about it's for a reason because i feel like it could help someone uh, and i feel like it could be a blessing to someone and and the reason why i wanted to address the minor prophets is everybody knows who the major prophets are and it's almost like we go from the major prophets and we just skip to the New Testament. And true. <laughs> that is a mistake. That is a big mistake. When you look at the minor prophets, and again, I'm not going to give too much of this away. I'm going to cover a lot of this in my blog. I'm not going to do an exposition and an exegesis and everything like that. But I'm going to give a basic overview of every book. And it's going to be a long series, but it's, I feel like it's going to be a productive and a fruitful series. But it's it's... When you look at the minor prophets and you look at what each one presents, they each present a different perspective and each one of them address a different topic. And each one of them also present God in a unique and different way. For for example, we'll start with Hosea. I'm not going to give too much away, but you start with Hosea. Hosea presents God as the jealous husband. Okay. The, 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 
husband who has been wronged. And, and he even goes so far as to have Hosea uh, marry a woman of ill repute. We'll use that term. That's, that's nice. That's a good way um, to put it. Yeah, yeah. So he has her, he has him marry her. And why does he do that? He does that as an example and as an illustration. If, if you pay attention to the book of Hosea, only the first two or three chapters really deal with Hosea's relationship with Gomer. After that, it's basically God saying, look at Hosea and Gomer, and this is how I feel. Mm. And, and, and so when you really capture the essence of that, it is extremely powerful because he's, he's looking at Judah and he's saying, you have wronged me. You have, you have wronged me as your husband. And, but it, the, the amazing thing is that it doesn't change his pursuit of the nation of Israel. Wow. It does not change how he feels about the nation of Israel. And, and there's example after example. I'm really excited about Amos. Okay. Amos is one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. Famous and Amos. And if you want to talk about famous Amos, made some good cookies too, from what I understand. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he addresses social justice. Mm. Does that ring a bell? Does that sound like a familiar topic in our world? No idea. But, what, but the what? reason why, yeah, What's the going reason on that? why I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> burning down buildings. Well, we won't go. All right. So the reason why Amos is so important because is because he shows us what true social justice is. Not, I'm not going to get political, but not some of the stuff that we're seeing on TV and some of the stuff we're hearing about in the news. Real social justice. He gets to the heart of the rich oppressing the poor and why that affects social justice. But I could go on and on, and I won't, because <laughs> I don't have very much time. But I, I'm going to cover a lot of this stuff in, in, in the blog. But, but while you're reading the blog, I would encourage you, the Minor Prophets are not long books, okay? Most of them are three or four chapters, five chapters. They're, they're, they're books you can read in an entire day. And if, if you're going to follow along with this blog, I would highly encourage you to read those books while, I'm, uh, while you're reading the blog, because it will help you to, to follow along and to understand exactly what's going on. But I'm passionate about it. I'm excited about it uh, because I feel like the minor prophets kind of get neglected and we kind yeah, of push them sure. on the back shelf. And they, they present some very, very interesting and some very, very good things. Yeah, we'll pick out scriptures here and there and and uh, use those in sermons yeah. sometimes, but rarely are they... Uh, Not always down. in context either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could be a future discussion, proper context. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I know you are excited about it, but I am as well. I, you're, you're right in that we don't know a whole lot about the Minor Prophets, so I'll spend a lot of time talking about it. So I look forward to seeing uh, what you present uh, reading it for myself and and getting to know more about these men and about these books that are so important that they were kept in the Bible, not just yeah. in the Torah, but they were kept there for us to read as Christians today to yep. to know more about God and to. And that's, that's the last thing I want to say is it's 
it's so easy to look at it and say, well, that's Old Testament. And, and I've heard so many people say that, but there are so many lessons you can learn from the Old Testament. The, what we have to realize is the New Testament writers were using the Old Testament. Right, they it's didn't have they the New proved, Testament. Right, yeah, it's how they proved that Jesus was the Messiah. It's how they proved that that God has has had this plan of redemption all along. So the Old Testament presents some very, very important principles and some very, very important things. Yeah, that's great, man. Well, I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed the discussion today and you're looking forward to what's going to be out in the coming weeks. If you aren't doing it already, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, follow it uh, wherever you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, we're, we're all over. Um, so uh, yeah, we encourage you to, to follow it and share it. If you get something out of the discussions that we have or the uh, conversations that we have on the podcast. But again, we want to thank you for your time. And we hope that you have enjoyed this and that it has been a blessing to you. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Hacker Podcast.